Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So friends, we celebrate today the feast day of St. Lucy, an early church virgin martyr who is especially dear to me since she's the patron saint of those with eye diseases and eye issues, eye maladies. Some of you maybe don't know this. I've uh, struggled with a chronic autoimmune eye disease since I was 12. And I think I've had, I, I, the number I say because I've lost track to be totally honest, I think I've had about 29 eye surgeries since I was 12, which is uh, not the best hobby to have. So, um, Anyway, so she's been a huge patron for me over these many, many years. I've turned to her in many, many um, difficult times and difficult circumstances, and she's always pulled through, So, because I can see you today, right? So according to tradition, St. Lucy was born of rich and noble parents in the third century, late third century, the year 283. Her father, it was said, was a Roman, he was Roman in origin, but he died early in life, which meant that Lucy became totally dependent on her Greek mother, Eutychia. And just like many, many other uh, early church martyrs, Lucy had consecrated her virginity. She had consecrated herself entirely to God, hoping to devote all of her time, all of her energy, all of her money in particular to uh, the service of the poor. Eutychia um, was going to have none of this. So she had arranged a marriage for her daughter, but after three years of, of dodging the marriage, um, Eutychia was in a place where she was desperate for her daughter to finally be married. So Lucy, also desperate, goes to the tomb of St. Agatha, another uh, early church martyr, and she prays. She prays for her mother to see um, Lucy's faith, to see the Christ, to see the beauty of this gospel, to see the way that she's walking in, and for her mother to be converted. So her mother, though, had been suffering from this terrible hemorrhagic illness for many, many years. And through Lucy's prayer and Agatha's intercession, uh, she was totally relieved of her illness. And she saw Lucy and allowed her to um, maintain her promise to the Lord, her consecration to the Lord. This was uh, all well and good for Lucy and Eutychia, but for Priscasius, who was uh, Lucy's intended betrothed, he was not too happy about this. So he outed Lucy as a Christian. He denounced her publicly as a Christian. So she was arrested, and the governor, he had planned to force her into prostitution uh, as a punishment. But when they went to go fetch her, this is how the story goes. When they went to go fetch her, all of the soldiers couldn't move her. She was stuck to the place where she was standing. They even tied ropes around her and had a whole team of oxen try and pull her out of her house, and she wasn't going anywhere. So... They then built a pyre around her to try and burn her alive. The flames were miraculously put out, and eventually they stabbed her to death with, uh, with daggers. So before she was uh, eventually martyred, she was, she was tortured by having her eyes removed from her head, which is, again, why she is the patron saint of those with eye diseases. This is a real pleasant homily for you this morning. You doing okay? Okay, St. Lucy, she's so intense. Here's what moves me so much about the martyrs is that they were so single-minded in their focus. So single-minded in their focus. Their yes meant yes 
to the Lord. There's no hypocrisy. There's no duplicity. They talked the talk. They walked the walk. They, they did not say yes and then change their minds, right? It's the gospel that we have today to contemplate on, on this Tuesday of the third week of Advent that it's kind of a funny gospel. You listen to it and you're like, this is a really obvious one, Jesus, right? The first son says yes, then doesn't do it. The second son says no, but then eventually does it. Which of them did the father's will? Every parent out here is going, come on, Lord, this is a no-brainer, right? But it's important. It's important to consider. It's easy, as Jesus says, it's easy to reverence God with our words, which is what the Pharisees, the scribes, it's what they were doing, and then to not have it translate into our actions, which is what they were failing to do, right? They were all talk. It's so much harder to have your actions correspond to your words like the tax collectors and the prostitutes. They had originally given their verbal no, essentially, to the dictates, the laws of Israel, to the commands of God. But then they turn. There's repentance. The action falls upon a real conversion. There's a million ways. There's a million ways throughout the day for us that we can say no to God in our actions. Even though we maybe start off our day with this great yes to the Lord in Mass. No, I'm not going to pray in the time that I've set apart to pray. I'm just a little bit too tired, a little bit too distracted. I'm, just, I'm, I'm not going to be patient with this person who's really grinding and irritating and difficult. I'm, I'm not going to refrain from this little bit of gossip. It's just a little bit of gossip. No, I'm not going to tell the full truth in that story. I'm just going to fudge it just a little bit. A million ways throughout the day that we say yes at the start of the day, and then say no throughout the rest of the day. We need to say yes authentically, like St. Lucy. So let's call upon her intercession to give us the moral courage for all of our yeses to mean yeses and our noes to mean noes.